Greetings, listeners, and welcome to Film Fan. My name is Caleb Fortenberry, a.k.a. the Emilio Estevez of my generation, and I will be your host for today's podcast and the many to come. Keep in mind while listening, I am not a professional film critic, nor do I pretend to be one. I'm just a normal guy doing reviews of movies. All right, we got a great show for you guys. Coming up, we have our special guest, Movie of the Week, Top 3, We View Previews, and Cinema Trivia. Be warned, the podcast you're about to hear has spoilers. I would like to welcome our special guest. Joining me today in sunny California, director, actor, and veteran, Mr. Nick Cornett. How's it going, Nick? Going great. Getting ready for uh, tomorrow's launch of our movie. Or today's launch of our movie, actually. Today's launch? Okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> see where I'm at right now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just, I'm just trying to get like um, a summary of w- what you do. Like, So this is your first film or second film you're directing? Uh, this will be the second film that I'm directing for publication, Okay, okay. It's uh, how long have you been in the film industry? Um, I've been doing film for just at fourteen years, off and on. Wow, that's a, that's a long time, man. I was looking at your uh, your IMDb profile, and uh, it was saying that you got out of the military recently in twenty sixteen. Is that correct? Yep, got out in uh, November twenty sixteen. Man, so that must have been difficult going like in between doing the military thing and film how did you balance that out um it actually wasn't that bad because i did film before i joined the military did it while i was still in the military and then uh getting out i pretty much took the tools that i learned while i was in and applied it to working on set and on film oh dude that's that's awesome so the the current project that you're working on um or are pretty much have finished is jurassic world exodus what can you what can you tell us about that well, um, in the, the same vein, we're working with about 92% of the people that we hired or were working on the film are veterans, and right. it's a uh, in-between film between Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, so mm-hmm. we're calling it a, a mix between 13 Hours and Jurassic Park. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I saw the trailer and I'm actually pretty excited for it. So I'm sure a lot of people are. What, what was it like? You said like 11,000 people have already viewed the trailer? Actually, we are uh, looking at our new numbers. We're actually at 193,000 people now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was, it was That's a, awesome. Um, once I was able to look at all the statistics between Facebook and Instagram and the, the outreach of it, we have... Uh, 193,000 people that have looked at it, and we have over 25,000 people that have engaged on the video. Dude, that is that is phenomenal. So you said that it's 92% veteran-made. And what kind of brought on that sort of ensemble? Like, how'd you get all these veterans included in this? Or did it just fall in that way? Well, um, I, I think it's uh, cut from the same cloth that draws together. So uh, Greg, our producer... Uh, started asking around throughout the the airsoft and gun community people that would be interested in working on this project and he started getting bigger names on it like travis haley true exodus grantham and as more and more military guys got involved in it more and more military guys started coming to the project so okay uh yeah it's and it's amazing how when one veteran says hey i'm working on this project would you like to come work on it more, more than likely, other veterans are going to say, yeah, sure, I'll come help, absolutely. Cool, so it was like a word-of-mouth kind of thing, and just between the veteran community, that just kind of spread. Exactly. I got you. That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. So, <laughs> for the folks at home listening, uh, where will they be able to find this, uh, the movie coming out? Well, Where will they be able to stream it? Well, I'm, you'll be able to find links for it pretty much everywhere, because we've talked to our marketing team, and everybody's going to be putting it up on... The links on Reddit, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, everywhere. But it'll lead you all back to uh, YouTube for Spartan117GW, which is Greg's YouTube channel. Okay, perfect, perfect. So with this, you know, it it seems like it's already going to be very successful with how many views you've got on it all together. So I'm assuming that, like, at least half of those people that that it viewed the trailer are going to watch it. So... With that, are you planning any future projects, maybe with the veteran community or without? 
Yeah, I mean, of course, there's always going to be future projects. For this one, as long as everyone enjoys it, um, I would love to do either a sequel or uh, another film, at least using the ensemble cast that we have, which is amazing. Awesome. Okay. Well, I I couldn't be more excited for you to be able to join me on the show, Nick. Um, (laughs) We're going to talk a little bit more about this movie a little bit later on in the show, but for now, we got to get this ball rolling. So, starting with the second best part of the show... It's Movie of the Week. So, Movie of the Week is a segment where me and my guests watch a movie during the week. We try to keep an open mind and just talk about it. And the Movie of the Week is... The Fifth Element. So, quick summary of The Fifth Element. In the 23rd century, a New York City taxi driver, Corbin Dallas, played by Bruce Willis, finds the fate of the world in his hands when Lilu... Uh, played by Mila jo- Jovovich, <laughs> I don't know how to say her name, falls into his cab. As the embodiment of the fifth element, Lilu needs to combine with the other four to keep the approaching great evil from destroying the world. Together with the priest Cornelius, played by Ian Holm, and Zany uh, broadcaster Ruby Rod, who is played by Chris Tucker, Dallas must race against time and the wicked industrialist Zorg, Gary Oldman. To save humanity. So, what was your overall take on this? Um, overall, I really like this movie. I mean, it, it's been a, a classic sci-fi film that a lot of people really love, and I'm one of those people. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm a. Uh, so I'm not the biggest sci-fi guy. Like, I, I'll watch sci-fi movies, but I'm not like. And I guess it depends on sci-fi. So if it's <laughs> if it's more like uh, spaceship type sci-fi, I'm probably less likely to watch it than if it's some sort of other science fiction, like more down to earth, realistic sci-fi, which kind of defeats the point. But you know, that's just the way I roll with it. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that is. But the movie was made in 1997. It was directed by Luck Besson. I think that's how you say his name. He made a. Uh, yeah, Go ahead. It's a Luke Besson. Luke. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. It's just spelled weird, but he's <laughs> he's best known for Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Uh, he directed Lucy and The Big Blue way back in the day. Um, so it, it's he's done a lot of stuff, and, and like in recent times, he's done a lot more sci-fi. So it seems like this is his genre. But with it being filmed in '97, like to me. It's it's got a lot of cheesy uh, animation um, for it. I mean, like I took a bunch of notes while I was going through it, and I was like, first thing I saw was the intro, you know, and it's it shows the title sequence, and I'm like, wow, this is really really cheesy. But all right, I'm not gonna judge it off that. That's just I'm gonna let that go, and we'll see how the rest of the movie is. But <laughs> what was your what was your favorite scene for this? Oh man. Um... So, my favorite scene is actually one of the corniest ones in there, is uh, when they're doing the arms deal at the beginning, mm-hmm. and the, uh, the the guy's got the weapon, and he's walking outside, and uh, Zorg is, or Gary Oldman, standing out, and he says, now a real warrior would ask me what the little red button does on the bottom of the gun. That's my favorite part, because it's like the setup, the punchline, and then they move on to the next scene. Yeah, they're really good at cutaways in this movie. That's something I noticed. Um, and that's that's where my favorite scenes came from. Uh, mine was whenever it's like they're at the uh, the opera or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and Bruce Willis is sitting there watching the blue lady. And the I forget what the guys are called, whatever those alien dudes that can transform their faces into people. Right. Um, <laughs> Whenever he comes in and he, like, changes back into one of them and he's like, it's showtime. And then whenever he does that, the show starts. You know, I was like, oh, that was that was a play on words and it was a good cutaway to the show actually starting, you know. So, like, little things like that throughout the movie were, like, what I really enjoyed. I don't, didn't really have a favorite scene, but I guess the, the thought put into the scenes is what I like. Um, do you have like any kind of insight of how they might have made this movie? Like, do you think it would have been more green screen back then, or I like I have no idea for '97. Right. Um. So I kind of have a cheat on that, as I've seen the behind the scenes. It's been a while, but 
Well, that's um, more than I've seen. Right. <laughs> I, I know that uh, they definitely use green screen for uh, like Mila Jovovich being on, on on the ledge and jumping into the cars. Um, but a good portion of it is shot with practical effects, which is endearing. And I love that about movies is when they don't use CGI as much or green screen Oh, as same much. here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's something I was talking to uh, John Woodruff about in the last episode. Um, it's something that I would like to see more of in future films is where they have kind of... I mean, CGI has gone so far where they can like make everything look realistic if they really want to. But at the same time, if they don't use that practical stuff, then you're losing... What would you call it? Um... <laughs> You can tell. I don't know. I don't know how, but the consumer can tell what's CGI and what's not. So whenever you combine them together is whenever you actually get something that's a little more realistic. Yeah, it gives you a chance as an audience to uh, suspend your belief. So you can say, oh, yeah, that's obviously CGI because there's no such thing as those type of aliens, at least not right, right now. But it gives you a chance to actually... Uh, you know, say, oh, well, I can believe it for now while I'm watching the movie because it looks real. I can suspend my belief and say, okay, this is a real thing until I leave this movie. Right. And, you know, so, you know, with the time frame, that was like, um, there really wasn't a lot of CGI out then. Um, I think the what, what would have been out at that time that had a bunch of CGI. I know Jurassic Park well, was uh, back in 93, so... Well, I mean, uh, Jurassic Park, which CG still holds up today. I mean, we all know oh, that. Oh, yeah. And then there's, like, Independence Day had just come out. Um, wow, 97. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> almost Starship Troopers. Almost uh, uh, just before Titanic. There's a lot of CG that they were working on at the time, but it was still a new industry or a new right. tool for the industry. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know, crazy little fact that I read is that uh, Jurassic Park only had about six minutes of total CGI, like yep. time frame. That's yep. and, you know, you don't even think about that. So he was able to use that practicalness of actually bringing in props and making the mechanical animals and stuff. Um, and they, they use that in this movie a lot too. It's just you can tell how cheesy it is like almost like power i'm not saying it's like power rangers but almost like how <laughs> they used to do stuff on power rangers you know what i mean with making their yeah. or george of the jungle with the gorillas making their you could tell it's mechanical oh, you yeah. know <laughs> but well, I mean, still uh, enjoyable yeah i mean at least it's not like planet of the apes where it's just obviously a person with a mask on that's not even attached to their face anymore that's true they yeah. definitely put some time into it i mean they had to make it their lips move somehow Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so with that, was there uh, was there any kind of creative shots or transitions that you saw in there that you just like absolutely loved? Well, um, with this particular film, he's really good at doing the film wipe, which they use it in Star Wars and Indiana Jones and everything. It's it's the pretty typical transition. But uh, some of my favorites are when you're moving from location to location, like jumping out of a building into a. Uh, taxi cab that's flying over the city when he's jumping in between the building you can actually if you're paying attention you can see where they go from inside to outside by just using the wall as the transition to sweep across hmm. so no i didn't notice that it's <laughs> that's creative that's pretty yeah. interesting yeah well now i'm probably gonna have to go back and watch it again yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so what did you think of the ending because with me i it was hard for me to decide, like, what the fifth element actually was. Was it her, or was it love that was the actual, was love the element, or was it actually her? You know what I mean? And it was funny that mm. they, you know, brought them back in the little machine and recreated them, made them all good to go, and, uh, you know, it all worked out, but... For me, I, I kind of, I didn't, I couldn't tell if it was, like, left open, or if it was actually supposed to be just... Like, this is the message. What did, what did you get from it? Well, um, some philosophical questions here, man. Exactly, uh, right? <laughs> so, if uh, looking at it from the film, if you're from start to finish, they're saying she's the fifth, fifth element, she's the fifth element, she's the fifth element. But um, 
just like with all the other elements, there had to be something to open the element, right? So you had to use fire to open the fire, wind, water, all that. So wow. in, order, in order to open, <laughs> right, in order to open the fifth element, he had to tell her how much he loved her. So obviously love would be the fifth element. Man, that, well, you just, you closed the gap for me. Now it actually <laughs> makes sense. Okay. So she's the, she's like the stone, like that are the, I get, okay. It makes perfect yeah. sense now. But, but of course, I mean, I'm not a 100% expert, but that's definitely my theory. No, that's that's good. That's way better than what I was thinking. I was like, so, I was writing down my notes. I was like, so is love the element or is she the element? I don't, uh, I'll figure it out. Well, I'm going to ask him see what he thinks. Right. <laughs> so with, I mean, obviously we've advanced in technology, but what would you do if like if you could change something about this movie, what would you change about it? Or would you change anything to make it better? Um I don't think I would really change anything because for the time for ninety seven, this is actually a really good stand up movie by itself. With the uh like lighting if it was made today it would be really dark and dirty and it would be all CG, there would be no practicals and uh, I think it's good the way it is. I, I think there's a reason why it still stands up as the top 10 sci-fi movies like ranked out on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and all those. So, I yeah. didn't know that either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, I, I kind of see what you're saying because it would be like almost like a, a modern or like the, the new Blade Runner that just came out kind of yeah. sci-fi. I, I see what you're saying. So, it, yeah, the whole dynamic of everything would change of how it was filmed, uh, if it was filmed today. But, yeah, the only thing I would have changed, um, if I could change anything, is the aliens. And not not to say I would change how, you know, the practicalness of it, of it being, like, mechanical, but maybe just make them look more realistic and you think about how aliens, uh, you know, back then in the 90s and, you know, that time era, you know, they're just in a human suit or, what, you know, they're in a suit. It's a human in a suit and they're right. acting around, you know, same thing with alien, you know, they the same thing. They had a human in the costume. And then, you know, as time progresses, we've adapted how we look at aliens like now they're not they're intelligent, but they can't talk to us. They can't, you know, there's. There's no connection between humans and, and aliens. So it's like they've... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good example um, of a modern alien that has been filmed recently, uh, but I can't think of anything. It's almost like a, a monster more than an alien life form. You know what I mean? Uh, right. So I think I would kind of mesh those characters together to where they're still... Um, you know, able to use weapons, able to talk to humans and everything, but the character itself looks totally different. Uh, you know, some still a little scary, but you know, I don't know. I, I would definitely change it up a little bit to where they weren't just sitting there. More, I guess, more Men in Black is where I would go with it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. So that's just me. So rating this movie uh, on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate it? Um, I would give it a solid nine for the time period. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I can't, and that's hard for me to say for the time period. What would you give it for just being a movie now? Um, well, I mean, I still think it holds up. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good fun movie that you can get lost in. I would still give it around an eight. So Okay. I mean, it, it's definitely not dark and gritty. It's not any of the modern movies that you see. It's not a Marvel movie. It's it's its own genre, basically. It's sci-fi, but it's got it's its own movie. Yeah, and it's it's very original. Uh, I can I can agree with that. Um, so for me, I would probably have man. It's so hard. <laughs> it seems like every time I do one of these, I'm like I always second guess myself because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna give it a seven. No, I want to mm-hmm. go down. No, I want to go up. But uh, I'd probably have to go with a six, honestly. I've, I've you know, we're gonna we're gonna transition into our our, our next uh, topic, and I'll, I'll kind of explain why <laughs> I'm giving it a okay. six. So, but I think there's better movies out there. Um, not that I didn't enjoy the movie. Um, there was a lot of comedic relief. Uh, that's something I want to see in any film. 
um, even if it's not a comedy, even if it's like a drama. I want some sort of comedic relief in there, and Chris Tucker did a great job of, of that, you know, with the screams and everything. <laughs> he just did a good job. Uh, something else I noticed that I don't know if anybody else did. I don't know. It, it They had a, like a rehydrator in, um, in the priest's apartment, and I don't know if that's like a shout-out to Back to the Future or not. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I mean, everybody from like yesteryear is always thinking about all that new cool gadget that we're going to have in the future. Right. So there's always the, Hey, here's the home of tomorrow with the food you can make out of a pill or yeah, you just press a button and there's your food. (laughs) And I thought it was funny. It's like, you know, it's supposed to be close to 200 years later or not 200. Yeah. Yeah. Close to 200 years later from now. And he's, they still have CDs. And I thought that was kind of comical, too. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure at the time they weren't thinking that was comical. They were thinking that's, oh, yeah, CDs are going to last forever. Uh, <laughs> the only thing that I didn't like about it that uh, was how they shot a majority of it up close. And I'm sure that they did it for a reason because, you know, with how crazy the sci-fi is, you know, having to work with the entire set around them, they mm-hmm. probably had to shoot up close. Um, personally, I would have liked to see a lot more, you know, around them and the surrounding, but that's just me. Um, so yeah, I'm going to have to go with a six. Uh, I feel like, you know, especially now they can make better movies. Um, for back then I'd probably change the answer, but for now I'm going to go with a six, which, yeah, I'm sorry. I know this is probably one of your favorite (laughs) movies. (laughs) It's actually not in my, uh, my top. But it's definitely oh, okay. a, a good, fun movie that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I watched it when I was a kid, and I was like, whenever you, you asked me, hey, do you want to watch this one? I was like, yeah, I haven't seen it in a really long time. And, you know, when you're a kid, you look at it, and you're like, wow, this is the most realistic thing ever. You know, so it's funny going back as an adult and seeing it again. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, we got to move on. Uh, it's time for the top three. This is a piece where we choose from the top three of a genre, and order them accordingly. So number one is the best, and you go down from there. And the genre for this episode is science fiction. It's a kind of a pattern. <laughs> right. So what, Nick, what did you pick for your number one? Uh, for my number one, of course, I'm going to go with Jurassic Park. Obviously, I'm a super fan. We just made a movie about the Jurassic movies. So the, uh, the OG Jurassic Park, as most people would say now. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's cool. Why? So, is it just because you're a fan, or is it because of the way that it was wrote, or why'd you pick it as your number one? Well, um, if it weren't for Jurassic Park, I wouldn't be a filmmaker. So, uh, 1993, when it came out, I saw it in theaters at six years old, and um, I own a Jurassic Park Jeep. I'm a huge fan. Uh, just everything from start to finish on that movie is done perfectly. So, yeah, it's just it's my number one. It always will be. Nice. Yeah. I'm a big, uh, I'm a Steven Spielberg fan, so mm-hmm. it's always been on my list, too. It's on my radar. Um, I wouldn't say it's my number one. My number one is actually Back to the Future. Uh, good choice. Good yeah, choice. I know, right? I don't know why it's my number one, like, like overall favorite. Man, I've, I love the movie. I just, I watch it, like, once a year. You know what I mean? You, everybody has that one movie that they go to that they can't help. If they see it, they're going to watch it. That's mine. And it just happens oh, yeah. to be a science fiction. So I don't know if it's the comedy behind it. It's it's really not the science fiction behind it or the animation and stuff. It's it's uh, it's a good story. It's really funny, uh, you know, and it's fun. I think that's why I, that's my number one. Um, yeah, it's, a, <laughs> what, it's, a, it's a good one to have. I mean, I can watch Back in the Future anytime. And yeah. it helps that there's three of them. Exactly, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and getting older, you know, the, the timeline is a lot more, it's a lot easier to understand the older you get. Uh, I was very confused as a teenager as to how everything was working out. And I recently watched them again, and I was like, I had so many realizations when I watched it. I was like, man, this is awesome. Why didn't I see this before? Oh, that makes so much more sense now, you know? So, <laughs> well, what's yeah. your number two, Nick? Uh, so my number two is actually a more recent one, and it's a it's another Spielberg movie. It's uh, Ready Player One. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just watched that. It's a good one. 
Yeah, no, I was hooked as soon as I read the book. And then once I found out that they were bringing the author of the book in to help write the script, I was like, okay, yeah, I have to see this movie. Lots of nostalgia, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, it's one of those movies that it's basically Willy Wonka, (laughs) but it's a modern one, so people can identify with it a little bit better. Yeah, that's that's, that's a good metaphor, or I don't know what you would call it, but yeah, that's... that's exactly right. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of those movies where I saw that it was coming out and I refused to watch any of the trailers because I didn't want any spoilers for what they changed for the movie. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's almost how I was with, uh, uh, what's it called, Infinity War. I was kind of the same way. Like It had that early release, and I was like, yo, I got to go because I know oh, yeah. nobody's going to mess this up for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. That, was a, that was an intense movie, especially there at the end. Yeah, for yeah. Sure absolutely man yeah i was uh i watched it at, at my house i didn't go see it in theaters um but yeah it was a good watch it was it was fun uh i think actually i might have bought it so i'm not sure i can't remember if i rented or bought it but i might have to go back and watch it again it was uh mm. it was very thrilling <laughs> especially the uh whenever they they go to the uh the house from the shining it's probably the yep. best part oh yeah yeah pretty freaky it's a a lot of fun and there's uh some parallels to the book in the movie and that's one of the close parallels to it i won't give away any spoilers of course but right right um i definitely enjoy how they were able to translate the two and both are fun like thrill ride and uh, it was a lot of fun to watch especially in theaters and in 3d well, at oh, least yeah. you're not one of those guys that's like, oh, the book was better. You know, I hate that. I hate it. <laughs> well, that, that, here's okay. So here's my thing with that. Um, that the book and the movie are never the same. And oh, yeah. If, if the book is better, well, that's great. But the book is still there and the book's always going to be there. You just go watch the movie as a separate entity. Yeah, so. that's I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, yeah. yeah, I won't get into all the ones that I've read because I'm, I'm not a big <laughs> reader anymore, but. <laughs> my, hey, I, uh, I, I might have read a book this year we're okay yeah yeah i might have read a, a lot of stuff online but i don't know if it's a book you know but uh anyways moving on to my second my number two is actually jurassic park um i wasn't sure if you were gonna pick it or not um i was gonna stray away from it but i was like i can't because it's actually in my top three so jurassic park's my number two um definitely a classic mm-hmm. um i I remember when I was a kid, whenever I watched it, you know, I'm pretty sure it was rated PG. I don't know if it still is, but back then it was rated PG. So we could watch it in school, you know, and it's like dinosaurs eating, like, people. So, I don't know. It was very (laughs) enjoyable to me. And, uh, you know, I never, you know, you would have those moments where you talk about it as a kid with, with your siblings or cousins or whatever, and you scare them telling them, you know, if you just watched it, you freak them out because of the velociraptors and stuff. I was I was pretty scarred from that from the Velociraptor scenes back then, but yeah, it's definitely on my top top three ranks number two in the sci-fi lists. Um, you could even throw it in with thrillers. I'd probably put it in there too. Oh, but yeah. uh, <laughs> what's your number three, Nick? Uh, my number three is actually The Abyss by uh, James Cameron. The Abyss. So I actually haven't seen it. Can you give oh. us a quick synopsis of what uh, about what it is? Okay, so uh, really quick. Uh, Said that weird. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> We're good. Uh, so there is a deep water drilling team at the bottom of the ocean, and they're drilling for oil, and a storm comes in. It knocks out communication between the submersible and the surface. Um, right before that happens, a SEAL team comes down that is supposed to take nuclear weapons out of a submarine. And while they're what? doing this, yeah, I know. So <laughs> while they're doing this, they discover aliens. And there's that. This was way before Jurassic Park and like everybody else's CG, and it's groundbreaking the way they did everything. This is. It sounds nuts. It sounds like, like, <laughs> I guess I'd have to watch it to understand it because it's like if you would have pitched that to me, I'd be like. Yeah, that'll never sell. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it was definitely one of the the bigger movies of the time, and this is when uh, James Cameron was getting big into deep sea diving. Okay, and so when they actually shot, they used actual technology of the time. They they did a lot of underwater shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then there's there's some pretty big names and faces in there that you'll recognize when you see them. 
but it's it's definitely one of those that if you weren't told to go watch it, you probably wouldn't go watch it right now because it's a little older. Right, right. You know, and that's I I come into that a lot, but uh, I've been trying to get better about it because you know, do cinema trivia. It's actually really hard to get all the answers right when you haven't seen all these old movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm trying my best. So I'm gonna put that on my list. Um, the Abyss. Now I have heard of it. I just never have seen it. So. Okay, that's going on my list, too. My number three is going to be E.T., the extraterrestrial. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's a it's theme. sci-fi. It's sci-fi. It is, and there's a theme as a director. I know. He's, yeah. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> hey, I, you can't mess with the master, man. You really can't. You really yeah. can't. I was actually watching Indiana Jones earlier. You know? Just, yeah. God, he's everywhere. He really is. But yep. uh, definitely the king of the sci-fi genre. Now that's I'm starting to realize that. Um. <laughs> yeah, and it's all John Williams music too, which is really cool. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So ET, I uh, I don't know. I I watched it as a kid. Thought it was great. Um, kind of scared me a little bit, uh, which is funny because you watch it, you know, later on, and it's like it's not scary at all. So. I don't know. I guess it was just like the the fact that he was hiding from him in the you know at the very beginning in the grass and stuff, and mm. you're just like waiting on this little thing to eat this kid. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. I read a lot of different facts about the movie because I, I did like a little uh, essay on it or whatever before, and uh, I really don't know what's true about it, like how they filmed it or who was et was a midget i heard somebody that was like a midget inside the costume i heard that they had Mm -hmm. like stilts through a a floorboard that they were walking him through it was like so i don't know it it obviously took a lot of work to get the movie made um so i think that's why i enjoy it more now and that's why it's on my top three right you uh you have to have any honorable mentions Oh, I have thousands of them. But, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I definitely want to put up um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind because it's the uh, it was the, the pinnacle original Spielberg, like, hey, we're going to branch out into all these different graphics and practicals and we're going to yeah. really reach for, like, the alien sci-fi. And it, it, that's... it's got a bunch of, like, A-listers in it and... <laughs> It's That's the movie where movie. they communicate through like music, right? Yep. They, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I music gotcha. and light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, have you ever seen uh, Monsters vs. Aliens? You know the I animated. Have. You yeah. ever? Do you ever notice that that's what it, that is? He's like yep. sitting there playing the keyboard. I didn't yep. realize that till later, but that's that's hilarious. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No. That's that. There, there's a movie for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so. My honorable mention is going to be Alien. and Nice. Yeah, well, because you think about it, when it was made, the time frame, if they would have had, if that if that movie would have been made modern times, like it would be one of the most epic movies ever made. I mean, it still is, but think about it now and what they could have done with it with the technology we have now as far as the story. Like, it would have been great. So that is definitely my honorable mention, um, you know, and they it went on for all kinds of knockoff spinoff movies after it. So um, definitely made an impact, too. So that's one of the big ones for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that and they just did a uh, they're, they're remaking Alien again. What? Uh, Tongle just had a competition for short film producers and fan filmmakers to see who would be a part of that next one, I believe because they're offering a huge prize for it. My team, unfortunately, didn't get into that, but Aww. yeah, I was Sorry told at the beginning that. that it'd be really, really hard to get into, so yeah. we'll see. Uh, you know, and these movies are all awesome uh, for the science fiction genre, but we have a lot of new films coming out to a theater near you, and so it's time for... Review Previews. All right, we pick... Uh, this is just a portion of the show where we pick... a. Uh, a trailer that we've seen, and we just talk about it, and just you know, whichever one uh, you know in- piques your interest. So, uh, did you have a, a preview or a trailer that you wanted to discuss, Nick? Oh man, um, actually, I did not. <laughs> I didn't prepare very well. Hold <laughs> well, on. Well, that's okay. While you're while you're working on that, I'll uh, <laughs> while you're thinking about it, I'll uh, 
We'll talk about I know online. there's a ton of them I saw lately. Oh, oh yeah. I've got, I've got one for you. But we're not staying in sci-fi for this, right? We're just... No, you could do... I'll you could talk about what... Well, mine kind of is still sci-fi, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, no, maybe not. I don't know. It's <laughs> okay. it's Shazam. Shazam. Uh, A.K.A. Captain Marvel. Um, I'm really excited about this. Because, you know, I already knew that Zachary Levi was going to be playing him. Uh, but... And he's he's hilarious. I don't know if you ever seen Chuck. You know, it was a series back in the day. Yeah. 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 Great series. He's hilarious. So just from what I've seen of the trailer, you know, it's a kid in an adult's body, basically. And it's <laughs> it's almost like uh Peter Quill from Guardians of the Galaxy, except he's got a lot of superpowers. Right. Just just gonna say it. Um and I really like that DC is taking this turn and making it a comedic movie. I think it's uh, it's long overdue, um, to be honest. But you know, and I'm I'm not trying to say that DC sucks or anything. Marvel's better. <clears throat> Marvel's better. I'm not trying to say that at all. But oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I do like that they're gonna be throwing in all the humor and uh, you know the the potty jokes type humor, and that that's the kind of stuff I laugh at. So <laughs> that's right. why I like that this movie's being made. So, and I real, honestly was not expecting a Shazam movie to be coming out anytime soon, but it's, uh, I do think that it's long overdue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, do you ever, did you get a trailer? Um, I did. I'm actually kind of torn between two, because uh, there's a Karate Kid show coming out, and then there's also uh, the Bumblebee trailer. So, There's uh, a Karate I'm, Kid show? What? Right, so they're bringing back a show called uh, Cobra Kai. Oh yeah, I've seen the the first season. Yeah, and uh, actually the the antagonist from the movie, who's now basically the good guy in the show, uh, is going to be, <laughs> uh, or he was at uh, Comic Con and Fanboy Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee, when we were there not too long ago. Hmm. Got to meet him. He was really cool. Oh neat. But yeah, no the uh, the, the one I'm actually going to go for <laughs> is the, uh, the the Bumblebee trailer where they're okay. making uh, spinoffs for the Transformers movies, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah, where it's showing an origin story of Bumblebee on Earth, of course, and he meets up with his first human, and he gets to turn into all these different types of cars as opposed to just a Camaro, which I think is really cool. So is this a is this like the prequel? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's like, ah. you know how they did Wolverine Origins, but now they're gonna yeah, do yeah. Bumblebee Origins. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. So that's, that's, yeah, that's cool. Cause I did not think that that's how it was going down. Um, I'll be honest, I did not watch the last Transformers, so I'd be totally lost as to why it is important that it is a prequel. Um, but I don't want to throw any spoilers out there. I know it's been out for a while, so oh, yeah. I guess I just need to go watch it. <laughs> that's what that boils down to yep <laughs> so and then the last trailer we're going to talk about is the jurassic world exodus trailer so and the movie itself kind of um <laughs> so i, I okay. watched it i watched both the trailers the the teaser and the actual trailer and um i gotta be honest with you i'm i'm pretty excited about it just because uh i think it's really cool what you guys are doing uh making it a short film um, being able to kind of fill in the gaps and like we talked about before it being like a, almost like a rogue one sort mm-hmm. of storyline. And, uh, so it's really interesting. So, um, <laughs> what can you tell us about the story without spoiling too much? Um, probably not a lot. No. So, uh, <laughs> it's usually how it goes on the show. <laughs> so the, the, the cool thing about the trailer is that it's not the only one. There's actually two teasers and a trailer. Okay, there is two. Tra- okay, maybe yeah. I haven't seen the trailer. Maybe I've seen the teasers, both the teasers. Well, if you go on to the Instagram, there's two teasers and a trailer. The trailer is about thirty seconds long, and okay. it actually goes through and shows you who all's in the who all's in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah, it sounds uh, like you get a party going on in there. Yeah, no, it's kind of weird because there's like soundproof walls and everything. Shouldn't be able to hear <laughs> everybody in the other way. For for the story itself, there's. Uh, a team of special operations, special forces guys that are going to go to the island to rescue two team members that had been there previously on a different mission. Okay. Um, and then we'll say stuff happens, and then there's an end. <laughs> I got you. Okay, all right, all right. And yeah. uh, Jamie Costa, now he's in the in the in the short film with uh, with everybody. Now that's that's kind of cool to me because it's always 
always liked his little videos that he did all the impersonations. So what is what is his character? Because you got all like these veterans and right. stuff that are like hardcore gritty people, you know. And then you got Jamie Costa over here. Is he supposed right. to be like an archaeologist type dude, or what's up? Right. So uh, Jamie Costa is a seismologist who goes to the island to complete his mission. That's what those two guys are there for. He's actually he's a scientist that is trying to uh, monitor Mount Saibo, which you see go off in Fallen Kingdom, of course. Mm-hmm. So um, he's there as more of a comic relief, but also scientific type character. I gotcha. And of course, uh, Jamie's amazing at all improv and comedy, and he's like, he's a really good guy to work with, and you know, I can't wait to work with him like a thousand times over. <laughs> <laughs> so you think you're gonna get him in the next one? Um, here's hoping. No, okay, gotcha, cool, yeah. cool, man. <laughs> uh, well, let, let's am... say if he survives, here's hoping he's in the next one. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> well man i can't wait to watch it i'm like i'm super pumped um and i'm gonna be sharing it all over my stuff too so everybody that's listening you need to watch this because it looks awesome and it sounds awesome and jamie costa's in it and it's gonna be great uh yeah. <laughs> it looks like we got some great movies coming our way and now it is time for my favorite segment it's time to play cinema trivia The rules are simple. Me and my guests ask each other movie trivia questions. Three questions each, the best out of three. With the off chance that there is a tie, we'll go into overtime. So I'll start this off. You ready, Nick? Oh, always. Okay, all right. Question one. In the 2002 sci-fi movie Signs, what common everyday substance were the alien invaders vulnerable to? Ooh. Trying to remember Signs. Okay, so <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan really liked to mess with people with water, I think. That's... That or it's baseball bats. Yeah, <laughs> right. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's baseball bats. No, nah, yeah. you got it right. Ding, ding, yeah. ding. Yay! There you go. Good job. I always started off easy, so just remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. All right, so uh, keeping with what we were talking about earlier, at mm. the beginning of The Fifth Element... Mm-hmm. What species does Corbin Dallas say he is to the police? Oh, man. Oh, I remember the scene because he's got his hands on the wall. Yep. What does he say? Ah. Oh, man. Now I wish I would have paid more attention. Ah. See, is it. Does he say he's a hot dog? Does it, wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, dude, I do. I forget to do this every single time. Every single time I forget to mention the one rule uh, <laughs> is we get one lifeline. We get one hint for the okay. entire for the entire thing. And I, I swear to God, everybody thinks that I'm cheating. But it's true because I get stumped on the first question every time. So <laughs> I want my lifeline. What it, give me I'm a hint. I'm just going to say, you were super close with hot dog. God, that sucks so bad. I know. You were like, you're right on there. <laughs> um, it's a, not a hot dog, but... Jeez. Yeah. I can't, you know, I wish I wouldn't take the lifeline then. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, tell me that. I'll give you half credit on that one. Okay. All right. Because it's, it's basically the same thing. He says he's a meat popsicle. Meat popsicle. Man, I knew it was something <laughs> like that. Dang. Right? So basically a corn dog without the stuff on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, man, that sucks. Womp, Sorry, man, womp. I thought that one was pretty easy. No, it is an easy one. I just couldn't remember. Like, I knew it was something like that. I was like, God dang. And that's funny because I'm usually really good with, like, lines from movies. So, uh, yeah. oh, well. It happens. All right, <laughs> It's okay. Away. All right, you ready for number two? Yep, go ahead. All right, in which 1990s sci-fi movie did we see Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon being terrorized by gigantic hungry worms? Oh, um, a great movie, which has like 19 sequels to it now. Uh, yeah. Tremors. Yep, yep, ding, ding, yep. ding. Got it, man. Yep. All right, I'm ready for my, my, my whooping. Let's go. Okay, so <laughs> name one other sci-fi movie with Bruce Willis in it. Oh, man. Oh, uh, Looper. Yep. Is, is that the only one? Or no, is there? He's in a bunch. He's in like uh, surrogates and. Oh yeah, man! I forgot um, all about that one. Yeah. God, yeah, but a lot of it's like, 
more fantasy. Like he plays in a lot of fantasy stuff. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, he's in a lot of like dystopian future stuff and. Yeah, yeah sci-fi yeah. is like it's, it's science. You know, it's got to be sciency related. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, so. if it's if it's not Die Hard, he's got to be in something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. actually looking forward to because Bruce Willis has got that uh, that roast session going on on Comedy Central. You know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about? Yeah, so I'm yeah, looking yeah. forward to watching that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe oh, we'll yeah. hear something about the fifth element on there. Yes, dystopian. He was also in Planet Terror, The Astronaut Farmer, Grindhouse. He was like, in The Astronaut Farmer? Right. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, the colonel in that movie. Hmm. Interesting. And then, of course, there's like Sin City and then all the ones he's completely known for. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and Ar- Armageddon too. Oh that yeah, that's sci-fi. the other one I was thinking of. Yeah. I was thinking he was in a space one, but I couldn't remember. That's good. That's a good one. It's probably the best one, honestly, besides Looper. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> all right, you ready? You ready for this yep. one? Fire away. Number three. Who directed the 1987 movie Spaceballs? Ooh, Spaceballs. Uh, also in my uh, top 25. <laughs> wow. Um, well, all right. So, <laughs> yeah. No, Very specific. Uh, <laughs> Rick Moranis and uh, directed by Mel Brooks. Yes, good job, man. So you already got all three. I can't go into <laughs> overtime, but I can try to answer this next one. So go ahead with your third one. I'm already out. <laughs> okay, so um, I was going to do the hardest one last, but let's see what happens. Oh, okay. When did the good guy and the bad guy meet in Fifth Element? The good guy and the bad guy meet. Which well, it depends. Which which good guy is the good guy? Which bad guy are you talking about? Which which because uh, there's like a bunch of them. You know what I mean? There's like the Death Star thing coming towards the Earth, and then then there's the you know Zorg or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is it Zorg um, and Bruce Willis? Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah, let's let's say Bruce Willis and Zorg. Well, when did they meet? The, hmm. Is this, is this a trick question, or is it, like, super easy and it's just, like, you know what I mean? Or are you tricking me right now? Is it, I feel like, I don't think they met early in the film. I don't think they met till later on whenever he, like, went and put the bomb down at the, uh, at the opera house. That's what my, that's what I'm remembering, but I don't think they met before that. So, that's my final answer. Okay, so I'm going to throw in a little bit of trivia with that. Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> you were right when you said it was a trick question. Oh, see. Because it is one of the few movies where the antagonist and protagonist never meet or never in the same room at the same time. God, man, that's, right. <laughs> that's messed up. So, so you were right, and then you were wrong, and then you were right again. <laughs> okay. Well, so, But the, the fun thing about that movie is that uh, Bruce Willis' character – going back to where we started the, the show on, he worked for the cab company that Zorg owned. Right, right. So throughout this entire movie, the good guy works for the bad guy. Yeah. But doesn't realize it and doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. He's just like yeah. goes to his higher calling or whatever. Well, right. <laughs> round of applause to you, sir. You actually have beat me. Um, good job. Round of applause. Oh, yeah. thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, man... One of these days, I'm gonna beat somebody again. It's uh, that's two in a row now. I got to get better at this, man. Um, <laughs> all right, this portion of cinema trivia is for all the listeners, viewers, spectators, film fanatics, and movie buffs. I'm gonna play a short clip from a film, and you have to figure out what it is. This will be part of the podcast from now until the show ends. Also, I will be sending out a film fan tumbler for one lucky participant. So I'm gonna play this clip. Listen closely and see if you know what movie it's from. You don't believe we're into the moon? I believe it was a brilliant piece of propaganda that the Soviets bankrupted themselves, pouring resources into rockets and other useless machines. Useless machines. And if we don't want a repeat of the excess and wastefulness of the 20th century, then we need to teach our kids about this planet, not tales of leaving it. And one of those useless machines they used to make was called an MRI. And if we had any of those left, the doctors would have been able to thunder cysts in my wife's brain before she died instead of afterwards. 
And she had been the one sitting there listening to this. Said to me, it's been a good thing because she was always the, the calmer one. I'm sorry about your loss, Mr. Cooper. If you think you know what it is, take a screenshot of the cover art for the movie and post it to Instagram with the hashtag FilmFanPodcast. And in the caption, put the title of the movie and which episode of FilmFan you're listening to. If you do this, I will try my best to give you a shout out on the next episode along with the winner of this week's trivia. Speaking of which, here's a shout out to Cody Fortenberry, my brother, aka The Brute. Thank you for participating in the last episode. It was The Shining, just so everybody knows. All right, to recap, we talked about the new short film, Jurassic World Exodus. We judged the fifth element pretty hardcore, or at least I did. Uh, We talked about our top three favorite sci-fi movies, and we ended with some cinema trivia. It was all fun. Thank you, Nick, for coming out uh, and for getting on this podcast with me. Uh, It's been fun. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Is there anything you want to close out with? Well, um, of course, I want to tell everybody, please be sure to go on and check out our film when it launches uh, on YouTube. It's going to be youtube.com slash Spartan117GW, and you'll be able to see it. It'll be the top video, hopefully for a long time. And then uh, uh, if you want, check us out on Instagram at Jurassic World Exodus. You can find me on Instagram at Films. Go on there. Check out everybody. There's some behind the scenes on there, some more trailers, and... Of course, uh, follow us for our future projects to come. Also, with that, please go check out Film Fan Podcast, uh, the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash filmfanpodcast, or my Instagram account. It's filmfanpodcast as well. And if you guys have any ideas for future movies that I could review, um, hit me up on an email on filmfanpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be on the show, let me know, and we'll see if we can make it happen. Uh, once again, thank you, Nick, for coming out on the show. Uh, Absolutely. Make sure you're looking for Jurassic World Exodus on YouTube and all these different platforms. And we'll see you guys next time on Film Fan.